Good morning and welcome to Grind, Grace, and Growth every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. here on Supertalk 103.3 FM here in Meridian. Each day we wake up to start the daily grind and we try to do everything with grace with the goals of growth. I'm Shelly Whitehead, General Manager of Supertalk Mississippi here in Meridian. And today I'm speaking with Candace Page, the Executive Director of the Meridian Living and with Can... Uh, damn it. All right, I'm just going to start over again. Good morning and welcome to Grind, Grace, and Growth every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. here on Supertalk Meridian 103.3 FM. Each day we wake up to start the daily grind and we try to do everything with grace with goals of growth. I'm Shelley Whitehead, General Manager of Supertalk Meridian, and today we're talking with Candace Page, the Executive Director of the Meridian Living, and Joanna Tucker-Stewart, a licensed, mastered, prepared social worker at Horizons Geriatric Psych. Hey, ladies. How are y'all today? Hello. We're good. Good. Candace. Hello. I have worked with you for several years now. It has been a while. And um, if you could, just tell me a little bit about your background and what you do at the Meridian Living and about the, the community there. So I have been in the hospitality background for about 15 years now. Um, I have worked in restaurants, hotels, and now I am running an assisted living facility. Um, I do a little bit of everything there. So uh, we opened it up back in 2019, and we are just continually and steadily growing. Great. And um, in the past, I have worked with Meridian Living, still do a little bit of work with them um, because of my passion of Alzheimer's disease and, and my family's experience. And by, actually, by background, I'm a recreation therapist mm-hmm. um, and have loved medical marketing for years. So the platform of you know care options has always been something really, really important to me, as you know. And that's something that we're going to talk about today on the show. Right. And Joanna, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I work with Horizons Jerry Psych, which is a part of Anderson's Hospital. We're down on the South Campus. Um, I've worked there for almost four years. I am their licensed social worker. So we cover a lot of mental health issues for the senior population, 65 and older. We are a inpatient facility, but it is short-term. Um, not a long stay, just a short stay to get you stabilized, get you on some medications to help with if you're having depression, anxiety. We also treat bipolar, schizophrenia, and all of the behaviors that go along with your dementia diagnoses. Gotcha. So today I kind of wanted to open a big can of worms that a lot of people have a lot of worry or fear about approaching is when is it time to start making those options like presenting those care options to your loved one whether if they have dementia or you know they're just aging in place and they are getting too debilitated to stay at home by themselves Candace, this is probably something that you are presented with every day yeah definitely so there are some signs I guess you could say um let's say that you live out of town And you only come in on the holidays. Well, when you come in on the holidays and you're used to seeing your parents' house in an immaculate condition and all of a sudden this year it's it's rather cluttered or you notice that they've got mail piling up so they're not paying their bills. 
or there's no food in the house. So you know that they're not eating properly. You're seeing that weight loss and you know that something's just not right. So what do our family members typically do when they see this? Do they take them to the doctor? Do they start exploring options? What what do the family members start doing at this point? Well, I think a lot of family members don't know what to do. They start having conversations with themselves, you right. know, if they're siblings or aunts or uncles, kind of things like that. They start talking to each other and trying to get a game plan. Some do take them to the doctor first right. and, and see I would if say, something yeah, was going on. I would say that that would probably do and be the very first step that you would do when you are seeing a change yes. in your loved one. A lot of times we do have people that will bring their loved one in or have them admitted to our facility, and they're saying, there's something going on with mom or dad, and we're not really sure what, um, so can you help us with this? Now, I will say at our facility, we do more so managing the behaviors than doing any kind of diagnosis of dementia However, while they're here with us, we do evaluate them and we do have those discussions with the families, facilitate those discussions with the family and the patient and try to put the supports in place while they're here with us. And we always say, and I will give this to Dr. Jordan, who is our psychiatrist, which is a very good doctor. He always says, you know, you have to do what's needed, not necessarily what's (coughs) wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's always about safety. And I know that these are very, very hard discussions for families to have when it comes to their loved ones. Um, But you have to do what is going to keep your loved one safe. Um, I know it may not be what you want to do and it may not be what they want, um, but you have to keep your loved one safe. Safe. And I know like upon discharge, a lot of times things are presented, you present things to our families. Mm -hmm. Those would be options such as home health care, private duty sitters, hospice, assisted living, nursing care facility, like a nursing home, Mm -hmm. um, you know, or, or living with a family member. Um, and these are just really kind of the main options that we have available to the families. So with that being said, it also has money. Money is a big indicator on what type of care options that are available to you. So I know with home health that it's provided by Medicare, but you have to have a family member that can, you know, be a teachable family member by a nurse for medication management, physical therapy, things like that. So you have to have a person that's capable of being an overseer or a mm-hmm. teacher. Same with hospice. Hospice is considered end-of-life care or palliative care. That means when there's really no other options um, for treatment or if we don't think that they would be rehabable um, to get any better, that they're only going to be declining. Um, and then assisted living, which assisted living is my favorite option because it allows the person to have a good quality of life with managed care. Um, So Candace, why don't you tell us a little bit about the day in a life of Meridian Living? So uh, we have found that a lot of people still don't know about assisted living. Um, We do get a lot of phone calls from people in swing bed saying, hey, they have mentioned assisted living, but what do you guys do? 
So at our facility, um, we are an independent and assisted living facility. So our residents can come and go as they please, um, but we provide three meals a day. So we make sure they are getting balanced nutritional meals that meet dietary requirements if they have a doctor's orders. We take care of all the medication management. So that right there takes so much off of the family's plate and the resident's plate because who knows if they've forgotten to take their medicine or if they've taken too much. So at our facility, we just say, hey, if you want to be completely hands-off, you can be completely hands-off. We'll take care of it all. We'll make sure that they don't that those prescriptions don't run out. We make sure that you get them when you're supposed to. So that medication management has just been, I mean, it can do wonders for just right. anybody. And, um, that, and that may be something that Joanna sees at the Jerry Psych is people, like, they're just not taking their medication. And so if you're on a psychotropic or if you're on something that is, if you don't take it every day, you're going to see decline. Yes. And that's true, too, with you know, someone who is diabetic and they're not they don't have a good diet. Mm -hmm. They're not eating properly. They're not checking their sugar properly. They're not taking their insulin properly. That can have ramifications for their oh, health yeah. and health and that will quicken mm -hmm. their decline. Whereas if they are in a facility where or in a place, a structured setting where they can get the meals that they're supposed to have, they're they're you know, they're getting their medication where everything is secure for them and in place for them and two it takes a lot of the stress off of the person mm -hmm. not just the family which the, you know of course that's great for them they know that their loved one is in a place and they're getting well taken care of but also for the senior you know they're in an environment where they don't have to worry about cooking a meal. They can just right. go downstairs and have their yeah. meal. Or do provided. their laundry yeah, or we, clean their apartment. We do. We do all of that. We we <laughs> I'm are ready to move in. Yeah, I mean, if, if I could, I would. I've I know. always joked. I want just want to knock out, you know, a wall in between a couple of rooms and right. just move in because we do. We provide three meals a day. We do all of the laundry. We do all of the housekeeping work. So that. All of those struggles that they may have had at home, it's just taken care of for them. Now, of course, we do have some that want to do it on their own. Right. And, and, of course, they can still be as in, we want them to be as independent as possible. Y'all still have people that drive. Yeah. And we and do. they go out to eat. And um, even at the Meridian Living, they try to keep the residents as involved in the community as possible. Mm -hmm. They have an activities director, so they're getting socialization. Yep. They also transfer them to and from their doctor's appointments, make sure that they're going to the doctor to keep their health up. They also have a nurse practitioner on site mm -hmm. that comes and sees the residents. So they're getting the best medical care and they're being like the Meridian Living is actually held accountable by the family members to initiate the care that is needed for their loved one. That's right. That's right. And, and because of all of the things that we offer with the nurse practitioner, with our nurses on staff, we're able to catch things a little bit quicker than someone who's at home and maybe only sees their doctor once a month or once every couple of months. We're able to kind of keep up with things that we notice that somebody may, may not notice. So if you were to see someone to start having like behaviors like sundowning, things like that, 
that would be when you would make a referral to Horizons for Jerry Cycle, right? Right, right. You know, we would get in touch with them, kind of let them know what we've seen, what we've noticed, get their input on it, and kind of go from there. Because I know you and Joanna talk regularly mm-hmm. all the time. So when I was mm-hmm. presenting this interview, I was like, I think we should have both assisted living and yeah. and Jerry Psych because a lot of times with care options, Jerry Psych and, you know, whether it's assisted living or home health or hospice, they kind of go hand in it hand together. It very well. It does. Yes. Um, and within the world of elder care, it's so funny. Everyone that's in the elder care you know, business, we all know each other. We're mm-hmm. all friends, <laughs> whether if we're competitors or not, we all get along because it's like, we all have a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and the heart of, you know, caring for the elderly population. So we all have that one common bond. Um, I was talking to another, another rep at a different hospital, Joanna, and I was like, her and I were just, we we're just saying, you know, it's so funny how we all know each other. We've all, you know, we've, we've, traveled the circles kind yes. of of different roles in the mm-hmm. elder community and whether um you know you've worked in hospice home health or you know at the hospital as a discharge planner you know and candace has been in the business now for about three years mm-hmm. and so it's amazing like everyone knows candace now they're like yeah. she's the go-to person at meridian living yeah. and um and same with you like i remember when you were at medicaid waiver yes so i have worked out in the community um and i think that that is also an added benefit because yes sometimes when people come into our facility we are there needs to be a change Mm -hmm. a transition to move to a different living situation for the the patient because you know there are some safety concerns but sometimes most of the time we just need to put supports in place Mm -hmm. right we just need to utilize those community and home-based supports that are already available but sometimes we the community is not aware of what supports are available and needs some help navigating mm-hmm. those supports. Um, so as that is part of my role too as discharge planner for our patients is to say, okay, we want to keep them at home or we want to keep them in their assisted living facility because we do want to keep them in the least restricted setting that's safe for them. Um, and that means sometimes we just need to put some home and community-based supports in place. I know when I was doing home health, we would have a social worker and she would go out to, you know, to homes and we would say, you know, their lights got cut off or their water's not being paid. They don't have heat. Um, and that would be one of the things, a big indicator of what's going on. And we would have to make a DHS referral. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would also contact, you know, if they, if we, we would have to do, you know, a financial evaluation on what, what do they qualify for? Mm-hmm. You know, cause there is, you know, we were talking about financial, you know, how how much money do they have? What do they qualify for? Do they qualify for Medicaid? Do they qualify for Medicaid waiver? Do they qualify for VA aid and attendance? There's so much support out there that a lot of people don't know about. Then also, you know, you know, with assisted living, it is private pay. But there are options out there to help, whether if it's a long-term care policy that you may have or, you know, reverse mortgages um, or families coming together and pooling their assets. Candace, what do you typically see of how people are, are paying for assisted living? Well, you know, the generation that is now our senior population, we're very frugal. Yes. So, you know, <laughs> they do tend to have some money saved up. So 
we have seen a lot of people be able to afford private pay. But we've also seen people not, not. be able to afford private pay or they're kind of a, in between stages. So we do have some residents who have family members helping them out. Right. But the VA aid in attendance. Yes. A lot of people don't know about no, that. No, they don't. Um, that will help supplement the cost of not only assisted living, but home health yeah. and, and others too. Um, there are Medicaid waivers for assisted living um, to kind of help supplement those lower incomes. Um, that's very helpful. And, and a lot of people don't know about that. And either. we would have to probably have a whole nother show to talk about <laughs> and get into detail about yes. VA aid and attendance and the waiver program. Um, Cause there's so many different types of waivers as well. And you would have to apply for them through the office of the Medicaid, I believe Joanna, you would know more about that. Yes. Um, but again, that would be, you know, a whole nother, a whole nother show. Mm -hmm. um, Cause it's such a broad subject. We could probably have four episodes about it, mm -hmm. but um, like, I know like with my dad, he is at the VA nursing home in Kosciuszko. He is a veteran. Um, there is still an out of pocket cost for him at that nursing home. We did try to get him at Meridian living, but he was, you know, he was past the point of being, um, appropriate for assisted living and that's another big thing that people don't realize there is a big gray area but you know with assisted living there are statutes of limitations that you have to have you have to be able to transfer yourself you have to be able to self ambulate mm -hmm. in a wheelchair um, you have to be able to transfer yourself mm -hmm. um, but you can have assistance with bathing you can mm -hmm. have assistance with toileting um, tell me some of the other limitations so limitations for coming into a facility mm -hmm. so the main um, criteria is you do have to be ambulatory okay. so you have to be able to move on your own whether it's with a walker or a wheelchair you have to be able to transfer yourself um, from like a wheelchair to a bed bed to a wheelchair and then you know with our facility we have three floors so if you're looking at a, a room on the second or the third floor are you able to get yourself down a flight of stairs unassisted in case of emergency? Mm -hmm. And that kind of makes everybody think, well, can I, can I do that? Mm -hmm. Can I do that? And so, but, but being ambulatory is some of the main criteria of coming into an assisted living facility. There was one lady when I was working in assisted living in Montgomery, you know, she used a wheelchair, um, but I'll tell y'all what, she all of a sudden had a miraculous recovery <laughs> and she was coming up and down those stairs like nothing I have ever seen and her family was very very excited about that but it also worried us because she was a dementia patient we were worried about her exit seeking mm -hmm. um, and that's another thing with Alzheimer's or with assisted living is sundowning that we always worry about is exit seeking you know we don't want um, which at Meridian Living, it is a secured facility, but it's not a quote-unquote secured facility. We're, we are not a memory care unit, right. but we do have things in place, like all of our residents are provided with a pendant. So kind of thing like Life Alert, but it's tailored to our building. So we can set notifications that if certain residents go down the stairwell, then we'll be alerted. Gotcha. Or, you know, we've got mag locks on all of the doors. Right. So if somebody wants to try to get out, they can't get out because the mag locks are there. But having those alarms in place, such as being notified if, if certain ones go in the stairwell, is very Safety helpful. Safety precautions, yeah. mm -hmm. right? And that's great. Mm -hmm. So 
What are some of the typical diagnoses that y'all are seeing possibly more of now than we maybe pre-COVID? I mean, really, we've seen a lot of just depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the COVID, the first COVID lockdown. It was awful. It was awful. It, it put was. everyone into a tailspin. And not being able to see, the residents not being able to see their family or you know, just not being able to do some of or the normal things that they were doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just sent everyone in a tailspin. Well, yeah. and as I was telling y'all with my dad being at the VA in Kosciuszko, there, you know, his wing right now has COVID. So we're not capable of seeing him. So all I think about is my sweet daddy not being mm-hmm. able to see us and my mom not being able to see him. And it's causing, you know, in myself also just depression or sadness maybe it's more generalized sadness Mm -hmm. because you love that person so much and the thought of them just being there by themselves Mm -hmm. it's just you know we have such big empathetic hearts for the people that we love and you know when you've been caring for them for so long you don't want to envision them being depressed right and isolation is not good I mean I know it's necessary for COVID okay but isolation is not good for human beings no We need that connectedness. Mm -hmm. We need to feel connected to other people. It's not good for us human beings to feel like we are an island Mm -hmm. and we're all on our own. And so, yes, that being isolated from your family and your friends is one of the major contributing factors to depression. And we have seen a lot of that. Mm -hmm. I know during first lockdown that was one of my biggest issues was I was like I can't see any of my friends I can't see my colleagues I'm working at home on zoom Hmm. I mean it really just got to the point where you know I was like come over let's have a meeting outside on the front porch I remember Joanna coming over and I was like let's have you know breakfast on the patio and I would cook breakfast and the kids I would play outside because we just needed Mm -hmm. to have that connection our children Candace and I, you and I would meet at Bonita, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, people, uh, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh, I can't hug you, but I love you. I mean, just, <laughs> just, just look at the toll that it took on us, mm-hmm. and you know, you can't really even imagine what kind of toll it took on the senior population, mm-hmm. because there are times where they may not see anybody. anybody. Mm-hmm like nobody whereas we at least we have our phones we can reach out to our best friend and call them and vent to them but Mm -hmm. some of these people just don't have anybody and it's it's very sad it was very 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 sad to see right and I know that Meridian Living was one of the first that reopened its doors and tried to integrate back into the community Mm -hmm. and and I don't want to say there was scrutiny about it but oh there was there was and And, you know we we of course we follow all all regulations all regulations we follow all guidance from the state health department as well as the cdc and cms and so you know we were just trying to get them out of that funk that Mm -hmm. they were in because it was you know you you automatically assume that in facilities like that it just doesn't have a very good vibe right well in that in that time it didn't Mm -hmm. because there was no music going on there was no dining together Mm -hmm. the little bit of socialization that they got was gone so as soon as we were able to allow people to come in 
for Mm -hmm. them to get out. We said go, Mm -hmm. calm. Mm -hmm. Like we are all about family and we're not, we don't want to do anything wrong, but at the same time, what is the best option for our residents? Mm -hmm. What is the best for them? I think that also goes back to parenting as well. You know, every person has a different style of parenting, but as long as you're doing what you is best and what you think is right, no one should sit there and judge how you care for right. your loved one. Right. And I think, you know, whether if you care for your loved one in a nursing home or at home or your family members take turns and you play, mm-hmm. um, you know, you rotate in and out of her home, which is going to be the best option for her mm-hmm. um, for you to go to their home versus, you know, her changing homes, you know, every right. week. Mm-hmm. Um, because as we know, change is not good when you're older. I mean, no. Change I mean, is not good when you have a dementia diagnosis, for sure. Right. Any change to their routine um, is going to, they're going to have an adjustment period. They're going to have an upset mm-hmm. where they're um, not, because you just think about it, it is a brain disease. And you're, you're trying to navigate a world when you don't have all of your faculties mm-hmm. but i think also when you've been in the same routine for 75 <laughs> 80 years and you've lived in your home for 40 any change is going to be hard mm-hmm. and that's why you know when you come to your mom and your dad and you say mom i think it's time for you to go to assisted living candace how many times do we have family members say oh mom is not going to want to leave her house <laughs> oh, more, more times than hey they're ready to come mm-hmm. right you know it's there's and there's always an adjustment period always always it's typically what a two to three week period i would say and and that's even not with a dementia diagnosis i mean i remember we have a there's a sweet lady i remember never mind um i was thinking about the dog lady but i'm gonna have to cut that part out (laughs) hippo Well, I mean, and one good thing about our facility is we do allow pets. Yeah. So they can have some right. comforts of home right. yeah. if they're able to manage that pet on their own. Right. Um, but they have to be able to manage that pet ha- on their they own. They have to be able to manage that <laughs> because, pet Because, I mean, own. Candace does not want to add dog walker or kitty cat <laughs> feeder to her resume. Right. <laughs> so, you know, like with us, our tagline, I guess you yeah. could say, is, Get the independence you desire with the assistance that you need. Right. Mm-hmm. And I love that. We want to try to keep our residents as independent as possible. Right. But no matter what, we are going to be there to help. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what any caregiver wants. And I think that's like with geriatric psych, that's mm-hmm. what we're, the goal of that is to, to get their medication stabilized where they can have the best quality of life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and, that, and that's what a lot of people don't think about geriatrics i guess they think oh my gosh it's the psychiatric unit no it's there to help your loved one have the best quality of life let's get their medications you know Mm -hmm. balanced out so you can go have an awesome life at meridian living or an awesome life at home with a caregiver or in a skilled nursing facility wherever that may be um so well you guys we're running out of time already. <laughs> wow. So I told y'all that um, that it goes by that. really quickly. And I think we have done some discovery on other options, other things that we need to talk about in elder care. And if you guys have any questions, please email me, Shelly, at supertalk.fm about things that you want us to address. And I think that Joanna and uh, Candace are definitely going to become regulars on this show. <laughs> so um, anyways, is there anything else y'all want to add before we leave? 
anything. No. Well, y'all, thanks so much for coming on the show Thank today. You. And um, yeah. I will get y'all booked for next month, too. So, um, And we can talk about, hopefully, Medicaid waiver and VA aid and attendance more in depth then. Yes. So, all right, y'all. Thank you for coming. And I hope that you have a great Tuesday. And, again, tune in next Tuesday to Grind, Grace, and Growth here on Super Talk 103.3 FM at 9 a.m. Thanks. Bye.